Welcome to But Jesus Drank Wine and other stories that kept us stuck. I'm Mead. And I'm Christy. In this podcast, we'll explore the stories that kept us, well, stuck, wanting to drink and not wanting to drink all at the same time. Join us as we show you that freedom from alcohol does not have to mean a life sentence of misery and missing out, but actually means living an authentic life full of peace, joy, and purpose. Hey ladies, we are super blessed to have Jess Connolly in the podcast studio today. I found Jess because a girlfriend at Bible study handed me her book, You Are the Girl for the Job, back pre-pandemic in 2020. And I read that book alongside This Naked Mind when I was in the beginning of my alcohol-free journey and it changed my life. And then she decided to write a book about body shame. And body shame, as Mead and I talk about a lot about on this podcast, is something that we both have dealt with. And it was something that when I found right after I found freedom from alcohol, I knew I needed to find freedom from body shame. And thank the Lord, just wrote this book. So she is in the studio today. We're going to talk all about how. What happens when we view our bodies as a project? And we're also going to talk about, do we need to balance health and freedom from body shape? What if we want to be healthy? What does it mean to, to rest in the picture of health? and all this good stuff. I'm so grateful to have Jess with us today. Please go pick up either You Are the Girl for the Job or Breaking Free from Body Shame or both. She has other books out there too, but those are my two favorite. And I was so blessed to get to meet her in person and become one of her certified coaches over at Go and Tell Gals. There's an incredible coaching community of women over there as well. And we will link to that in the show notes. So anyways, without further ado, here is our chat with Jess Connolly. Hey, ladies. How are you today? It's so good to see you both. Uh, um, I'm just, yay. <laughs> so blessed, so honored to have my friend and a woman that I've learned so, 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 so much from Jess Connolly here in the pod studio today. We are going to be talking about breaking free from body shame, which I know for both Mead and I is something that comes up all the time when when in conjunction with or in my case right after I found freedom from alcohol I needed to find freedom from body shame so thank you for being here today Jess we're so glad it is my honor thank you guys so much I'm so grateful for your work I'm so grateful for this podcast and I'm thrilled to be a guest today yay so yeah let's just jump right in I think that this this podcast timing is coming at a at a great time of the year, right? Because <laughs> we're heading into the summer. I was just away actually this past weekend for my husband's 40th birthday. And we were like, you know, having a great time eating all the meals. And I actually said yesterday at our last dinner, diet starts tomorrow. And I, as it came out, it was like one of those, you know, like how you get those, like made you get those cravings for like alcohol. I was like, wait, what is that? Where did that yeah. come from? Why did that just come out yeah. of my mouth? I don't think that anymore. <laughs> so... Yeah, I just want to dive into like my favorite chapter in the book, which I recommend to so, so many women when they bring up this topic. And that is the whole idea of like treating our bodies as projects, something that needs to get ready for the summer that we need to somehow change because of an upcoming holiday or vacation or whatever. So yeah, tell us a little bit about all the things. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, this is this 
this idea is so culturally normative that we have essentially multiple markets that make millions, if not billions of dollars off of this idea, that our bodies are projects and that they are on a time-based calendar and that as soon as the summer months get warmer, we should be making them better. We should be fixing them. We should be working on them. And we're, we're you know, subtly and overtly told this message almost from birth. And it is, it only amplifies with age, but it's, it's one of those really crazy cultural lies. And, and I would even say cultural assaults on our body and on our soul. That's so wild because we don't even hear it anymore. And I mean, we don't even, we, it just, it's just normative. It's just normal. And this goes for Christians. This goes for people outside the church. It's, It's everybody. But I don't know, a few years ago, I, I, when I was in the thick of really breaking free from body shame myself and really kind of starting to wrestle down this idea, like what scripture says about my body, I do not live into and what God says about my identity and my freedom. I, I actually co-sign on in all of these other parts of, of my life and not this one part of my life, which I would say is so similar to the work that you guys do of saying like, hold on one second, hold on one second. <laughs> Like if we believe all this is true, like something is amiss. But so I just started to like really dig into that in my own life about my body image and summer was coming up and I just had this wild thought and that it was, what if I looked the same that I do now at the beginning of summer? And what if I looked the same as I do now at the end of summer? What if this is my body? And what flooded me was wild peace. And I, all of a sudden was like, oh, then I would just be, then I, I would just live and I would just show up and that would be okay. And actually more than that, that would be abundance. That would be freedom. So yeah, that's where this idea in the book that your body is not a project comes from to help women see like, number one, you're hearing this message that's not biblical and it has nothing to do with the kingdom. And it has nothing to do with how Jesus would talk to you. And number two, it's actually really, really badly impacting your mind, body, and your spirit. Yeah. And one of the things that you talk about with relation to that in the book is just that it totally and completely makes you miss the abundance of here, the here and the now. You miss out on so much joy. And I remember when I was like, I had just gotten my co- like t- my TNM coaching certification and I was working with my own coach and I was like, I'm not ready to like come out on Instagram as a like life yeah. coach. I feel like I need to lose 10, po- 10 pounds first. Yeah. It was, it was like, it was going to hold me back from this thing that, you know, God called me to do because I didn't feel like my body was ready because of an Instagram post, you know? And it was just like, So when you wrote that, I was just like, oh, it's so true. Yeah, it's real. It's real. I can't get over, I mean, the amount of women. I I would actually say it's probably easier to quantify the number of women who don't let their body image hold them back from the things they feel called to than it would be to quantify the other way. I would say it's actually probably the norm that most women are not stepping into the things that they're qualified for, that they're called to, that they've always dreamed of. It's more normal that they don't do that because of how their body looks than the opposite. Yeah. And I think almost like, I don't know, for me, and I've heard me say this a million times, but I almost feel it like it's it's a more difficult thing to find freedom from than even alcohol, right? Because alcohol, you can 
you can put down and you don't have to drink it again. You're yeah. still going to have to eat. Food. Yeah. You're still going to even have to consume, you're still going to have to even consume sugar to some extent or another, you know, all of these things. And so it is just, yeah, I mean, for me personally, you wrote the book at the perfect time and I don't know how the heck you did it during the pandemic, but I'm so grateful that you did because I know how many lives it's touched and, and just the things I think, you know, you feel that obviously that, that cognitive dissonance, that, that, that feeling of like, I know that I want to feel free from this thing. I know that I don't want to wake up every morning and feel like I have to weigh myself before I pee, like that kind of thing. But I don't think I realized until I read the book, like what all the things that it had was holding back for me in my relationship with yeah. Jesus. You yeah, know? absolutely. It has a massive impact. I mean, it has an incredible impact on so many different areas of our lives. I love the question you asked. It, like, it seems like such a pivotal and it's so central to what we, it's so similar, so central to what we coach around too with, you know, finding freedom from alcohol is, is the power of the what if, the power of the question, the power of the the possible, what else is possible if I have always seen my body as a project that needs to be fixed and, you know, I need to make it good? What if it's possible that it's already good? Maybe I can't leap all the way to believing, you know, this one thing that I haven't co-signed on with God, right? Like this one thing, maybe I haven't totally, you know, gotten to that place where I can say, yes, I do feel that's true. But, but what if I'm open to seeing that and how maybe that can shift, like it's kind of the vision problem that creates the thinking, right? And so, yeah, I love I love that you kind of highlighted that and, you know, wondered what some, like, are there other questions or, you know, things that you found particularly powerful on your journey to changing kind of your thinking around this or oh, that gave you new openings? I love that question. I mean, so many things. I'm trying. Yeah. I mean, so just the, even just the project-based mentality, if we want to like pause there, like some other questions, and even I would say like some effects that we see from this, this thing, this thing, this horrible thing that we all live under this banner that we live under. I would say some, some questions for the, you know, the soul-minded woman or the spiritual woman or the kingdom-minded woman, whatever that means is, Number one, I would ask, like, who are you agreeing with when you live under this project-based mentality? Like, whose team are you on? And Christy, I know you've heard me talk about this a ton. I hate the I hate the phrase devil's advocate. I hate the phrase. And I feel like it's so interesting because especially when I start talking about body image, people are like, well, I just want to play a devil's advocate here real quick. I'm sure you guys hear the same thing about sobriety all the time. Like, well, just devil's advocate. And I always say do you want to advocate for the devil <laughs> I, I don't yeah <laughs> I don't like what are you saying yeah <laughs> I just told you a kingdom-minded truth that's based in wholeness and wellness and healing and freedom really you want to advocate for the devil interesting but so yeah who whose team are you on when you're buying into this project-based mentality Whose team are you on when you're writing out a plan to get like snatched by your Mexico trip? Whose team are you on? I would say what I found when I really asked that question is that I was co-signing with this assault of the enemy of our souls against women. I was co-signing with the enemy who was telling women that they didn't have worth unless they were smaller faster, better, stronger, et cetera. And I realized like, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to co-sign with him. I don't want to be on his team. I don't want to advocate for him. Another question I would ask is whose glory 
are you going after? Whose glory are you going after? And this one is raw. And I don't know about y'all, but this is the one that like hits me in the gut punch because I had to ask myself like over and over and over again in the process of breaking free from body shame, even just, even just like a, a common scenario I often use is like getting ready for church, getting ready for church on a Sunday morning. That was a time that I would often really struggle with body image issues. And I'd, you know, I'd feel funky about my body, et cetera, et cetera. And I realized I am going to the, to the house of God to give glory to God with the people of God to put my eyes on things above, like Colossians 3 says. And I am standing here in front of my mirror, procuring and cultivating and curating my own glory. Really, all I'm thinking about is like, what are they going to think about me? And that's a normative experience for us. But we are we find so much freedom in just repenting of that, being like, oh, actually, when I think about my summer, I want to think about glorifying God. I want to think about like, running on the beach with my kids in joy. I want to think about laughing with my girlfriends late into the night about something hilarious. I want to think about strolling with my husband and holding his hand in the warm heat. I want to think about all those things and, and giving glory to God in those things. I actually don't want to be thinking about my body and what everybody else thinks about it and what I think about it. So if the first question is like, whose team are you on? The second question is, whose glory are you after? I would say a third really honest question for me was, are you missing out? Are you missing out? And what I found is that in always being in this project-based mentality, in always thinking that I would have fun, I would be better, I would, I would be who I was supposed to be once I got thin, I was constantly missing out on the present. And, and the truth is like the future, this future ideal self for all of us is never coming. And when you ask most people who have been on even, even like a dramatic physical journey or a dramatic healing journey, or, or even just have lost a lot of weight or have changed their body, they will almost all tell you, I was still me when it was all over. I, I was actually me the whole time. I thought I'd wake up and I'd be a different person. And I wasn't, I was still me. And also it was still not enough. It was still not enough for me to enjoy my life. And so I had to start asking, like, am I missing out on just being here now and being awake and alive instead of always looking to this future version of myself who is never coming ever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Oh my gosh, that arrival fallacy that if, when, then, like, if I could just do that, if I could just, you know, get this, if I could just lose this amount of weight, if I could just fit into that, you know, those genes, if I could just look like this, then I'll be, and it's, it's all, it's a lie. It's not, it, it's not true. Mm. Yeah. It is backs up perfect to Pastor David's episode, just like, and I think you wrote it, wrote it in the book, Jess. It's like, this is the devil's very first thing was just yep. putting not enough on the Amen. table. Yes. Right? Amen. Oh, so true. It's so, so, so true. Yeah. And, and that arrival, I mean, I, in my own personal situation, like, I feel like I did, I arrived at the goal weight. I posted the picture looking for the glory of myself. I got the fire emojis. Like (laughs) this was in the depth of my, the depth of my drinking days. And I was, and it, and it wasn't, it wasn't good enough. And I was the most unhappy I'd ever been, you know, and it was, it just wasn't. And so thinking about all the the times missing out and not being who I was supposed to be in the run up to that was just, yeah, no, I don't want that anymore. You know? Yeah. 
So true. So true. So good. One of the questions I know that you get asked a lot, and I think it plays in really well for, for gals that we speak to too, is, you know, and I know this happens to you too, me. We, you know, we ask people when they come to us, like, okay, what, what do you want to do this for? Like, who do you want to do this for when we, we're talking about taking a break from alcohol? And so often, and I actually don't even think it's ever, I've ever talked to one woman who hasn't somehow brought up that they wanted to lose weight, whether it's like the primary reason they want to take a break from alcohol, or it's like an afterthought, like, oh, the, those 10 pounds would be nice to lose too. And so what do you say to, you know, the people who, who say that, how do you balance this freedom, freedom from body shame, but also the want and the desire to be mm-hmm. healthy? Yeah, I love this question. I love it. And I hate it. I love it. And I hate it. I love that people ask it. I hate that the enemy of our souls has convinced us that this is a thing we have to balance. So I would say we don't balance it at all. We run after freedom and we run after health. Now, the massive caveat is this, that I think a lot of us are using the phrase health. And what we really mean is aesthetic. (laughs) <laughs> so mm-hmm. you know yeah I, I think we we say health but what we really mean is the last 10 pounds so that my cheekbones pop a little bit more and it is important to know that's not health and actually like the aesthetic version of health right now for a lot the, the aesthetic culturally aesthetic approved version of health I, I think you guys would agree like that we know like most medical doctors would say like, oh, that's actually not it. Like, that's actually not, that's actually like, we actually need like a healthy (laughs) layer of fat on our bodies, you know, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now that being said, like, I also think what's interesting about this and the other huge asterisk is that like each different, each different body's version of what is their most healthy is so wildly different. And that's the other reason that we can't all co-sign to like one aesthetic ideal for our bodies. But so all that being said, I don't think we balance it at all. Christy, I know you know this about me. I have very funky health. I have a handful of different things going on. I've got a really intense autoimmune disease. I found out a couple months ago, I am um, insulin resistant. So I'm wearing a, a blood sugar monitor constantly. I, you know, my the, my diet and by diet, I just mean like the food I eat is so intentional. It's like perfectly planned throughout the day. And all of that is because that's what my body really needs to be healthy. That's what my body really needs for me to take care of it. But none of that is about the desired outcome of how I want to look. All of that is about stewarding my body so that I can take good care of myself and take good care of other people for as long as possible and give God glory as long as I can in this body. And I do all of that while knowing like also this body lives under the effects of a fallen world and it's just not ever going to be perfect and I can do all the things and I'm still going to experience brokenness and pain, etc. So that being said, I run full after health. I love health. In fact, for me in the process of breaking free from body shame was when I realized how much I loved health. Because I would avoid doing certain things in my body because I I had written rules about what I could or couldn't do. And so during my process of, of breaking free from body shame, that's when I realized like I'm a little bit of a runner. I'm 5'4 and crazy curvy, but something about my body, when I start running, I do not stop. And all people are always asking me like, are you training for something? I'm like, no, I just like, I just like to get out there like an eight or 10 miler. 
is my best day ever. But if you looked at me, you would not know that necessarily because again, I don't have like this very typical runner's body. But it took me brain brain from body shame to say like, who cares? What's a runner's body? This, this is what I like to do, you know? And it was through the process of breaking free from body shame that I became an exercise instructor because I was like, oh, what would I do if I actually believed all this? I would get up in front of other people and help them move their bodies. And I would stop believing this lie that my body has to look a certain way. So all that being said, I run fully after health and I, I would encourage other people too. But the big asterisk is I would say, your version of health is not gonna look like somebody else's. And also we have to stop confusing health and an aesthetic ideal because they're not the same thing. A hundred percent. Because also in that, in that, that umbrella, so to speak of health is also rest, you know, which is not something that we, that we, (laughs) that we associate with really, I think the, you know, when we're talking about the aesthetic side of things of health, you know, and so such a big piece of the puzzle for me was moving my body because it felt good mentally and like my mental health and completely ditching the idea of exercise because it used to be as, you know, a thing that I used as punishment, you know, for what I ate or whatever. And so, but also, or, 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 or drank a lot or drank a lot. (laughs) And just that small shift in like, I, you know, that's what I say to clients. It's like, if you, you fast forward to the end of your workout, like, how do you feel? Are you so exhausted and wish you hadn't gone on the run? Then, then take a nap, sister. But if you feel great and in Jesus' name, and but if you feel like energized and ready to face the day and be a better mom at the end, then go for it. But please take off your step step counter. Yes. <laughs> oh Lord. Do you know my favorite thing that I found out? I don't know if you guys have heard this because as I was writing the book, I found out about all these arbitrary like health things. And did you know that the, the this whole thing of like you should have ten thousand steps a day was a mistake? It was it was never originally it was never originally designated by a doctor. The first ever like wrist pedometer, I believe the story goes, it was made in Japan, and the symbol of the brand was close to the symbol for ten thousand. And so this became I'm dead serious. So this became the standard, like everybody should walk 10,000 steps a day. No, that's, that's how it came up to be. It was a branding mistake because someone didn't understand Japanese. I'm dead serious. Isn't that crazy? Oh my Isn't that gosh. wild? No, I mean, it is, it is actually yeah. wild. While I'm crying, yeah. <laughs> and then I say, I mean, same. Then you you start to study the the development of the BMI, the body mass index that that doctors are you know using and pulling out and calling everybody obese and extremely obese. And then you find out that was actually like helped develop in conjunction with pharmaceutical companies, basically, so they can put a lot of people on medicine. And you're like, yeah, okay, okay, interesting, yeah, interesting. Cool, yeah. cool, 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 cool. Oh, look yeah. at the, yeah. Look at the sales of the step counters, and look at the sales of the things that, yeah, benefit from having yep. those markers. And oh my god! And in all so, of this, people so just true. have completely lost touch with, like, a a, a desire based walk towards health. Like they've just completely lost touch with. Like I'm like, do you even like walking? Do you like running? Do you, can you find something that you like to do? Do you hate CrossFit? Please stop doing it. You don't like to go to spin in the name of Jesus. Do not go back. Move your body in a way that is life-giving. And so, yeah, I just, 
it's it's wild. You'll find thing after thing after thing like that that you're like, we live in a web of lies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Diet culture and big 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 alcohol. Oh. The two of them are are super super yeah. fun. <laughs> Well, I, I was just thinking too, it's, it's so, you know, similar to how, like, like what, you know, asking the question, like, what is your definition of health? Like what, how I would describe health and how you would just like, if you had to define that for somebody who had, you know, from a foreign land that didn't speak this language, how would you define health for yourself? What does that look like? And, you know, thinking about how do you know, how do you know when you are healthy? What does health feel like connecting what you're thinking is to what it feels like. And so then that way it becomes like your rubric for moving your body and deciding, like, I know that was one of the biggest things when I, you know, found freedom from alcohol or when I was going through the journey, it was like, do I get to ask, like, what do I, what do I like? Wow. I get to ask, what do I like? Who knew that was a thing that I could do? It's just, I've been doing, I've been going to the gym and beating myself up, like only doing the workouts that make me want to vomit at the end and qualifying that as what I need to do. But it's in that like expansion and the questioning and the, you know, thinking about, yeah, I mean, I, I come back to like renewing our minds, right? And, and and checking that against where did we get these ideas and are they true? And where is the, where do we find the truth and the word? I was listening to just, I don't remember where it was. I think it was on a, po- a podcast recently about the two things that people said when they put down the book. One was, I'm beautiful. And the second one was something to the effect, and I'll probably butcher it, but like I can start finally start hearing from from God what that what that looks like of how I'm supposed to treat and love my body. It was something like that, and I was just like, yeah, because like Meadley, you just said it's you do get to ask that question, but you also get to to hear. And I I didn't realize that there was that I don't know that disconnect for me of like this can be worship, this can be a way to connect with God. It, it doesn't have to be something where I'm constantly stressed out about a number or beating myself up. It can be something that furthers our relationship with God and our kingdom work and all that great stuff. So, I mean, it's, well, I mean, baby, I just say it. I love, (laughs) I I think you probably say this, Christy, and I know you guys feel the same way about alcohol. Like my goal is not that anyone lives into my picture of health or my picture of freedom. My goal is that people learn to hear from God about what freedom and health looks like for them. And so that's why even just hearing anybody else repeat back, like, I think I'm, I think this is happening. I think this is happening. That's what makes me the most happy. And that's also what makes me so crazy grateful for y'all's work too. Thanks, babe. Likewise. My gosh. Thank you. My joy. I know you're, I know you're, have have you finished, are you you finished writing the, the most recent book, right? I have, yes. And when's that coming out? It doesn't come out till next oh gosh, April. I'm so excited. Next April, but okay. we got a minute. We've got time. That's so exciting. Yeah. Are you saying what it's about yet? I can't remember. I don't think I'm supposed to, but I am anyways. It's on rest. Okay. So it's about rest. Oh, yeah. yes, that's yep. right. Yeah. Oh. Because just like you said, Bring like it. that's the next, that's next progression. When we get women listening to their bodies and listening to their desire then they're going to realize like, oh, I'm actually running at a pace that's not sustainable. And this is not how I want to live. You mean I get yeah. to rest and it's good? Yes. yes. Amen. Yes. I love it. That was, yeah. Oh my gosh. How long did I run that race? And 
didn't even realize. Yeah. So, so good. I can't wait Thank for that. You guys, I'm so grateful. Thank you so, so, so much for letting me share about body shame today. Of course. Thank you for popping by and we just love you and we will see you over on the Instagram and we'll put all the things in the show. All right. Love you gals. <laughs> Thanks, Jesse. Y'all are amazing. Bye. That was so great. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. Oh, thank you. It's so, so, so important. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Well, we're, we're, we're so grateful for you too, babe. Thanks for leading the way. All right. Bye y'all. Bye. Bye. let's just talk a little bit about like, what did, I know you had this struggle, but like, tell me a little bit about how, how you struggled with body image and body shape. You know, I had the, I definitely had the body is, you know, my body is a project mentality most of my life, but I can think back to how before my body was a project that before that was my thinking, really it was my body is the enemy. And, And so it started, you know, this, unconscious internal war, I guess, against my body. I don't, I mean, I have some ideas where it comes from. And I mean, maybe for another day, we'll get into all that, but I mean, I'm happy to talk about it, but we don't have the, you know, we don't have to get into all of it right now, but I think it's that shift from my, so already setting myself up against my body, not as something that is blessed, that is good, that is, you know, not to be, not to be fought at word against and then turning it at some point, probably more in the teenage years and, you know, on it's, it's the idea that this is a, a project. And, and I think about how, and we talk about this all the time here. I mean, we talk about this. It's like, it's so crazy to me how it doesn't really matter what the thing is, whether it's alcohol or, you know, body shame, whatever it is. We talk about how we're being influenced and we're being shaped constantly by the messaging that we're receiving from from people, from families of origin, but, you know, largely from culture where it makes sense that we would adopt beliefs from our family, right? But it, I think I'm always blown away by how, how I never realized how influenced I was by cultural messaging and how that has impacted my view of my body and the space it should be taking up in this world and what it should look like and all of those things. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's something that I think is so important because I, now that we've, and I don't necessarily know, like, you know, I think that the, the thoughts obviously still come and I have to be very conscious at turning them around, but more, more than even like my own thinking about this, I just don't want my daughter or your daughter, you know, like, I don't want our daughters to have to like go on this same journey and yet it just feels like they're up against it. Right. Like, have you seen the new dove, the whole, the whole new dove campaign about, so yeah, you go look it up. It's, it's a, it's a girl and it basically shows her journey through getting a phone and then like developing an eating disorder. And it basically is a call for, you know, stricter guidelines for social media for girls, because it just, it does put these, you know, these unrealistic standards of like just that aesthetic quote unquote beauty and health that are not, but who's making this stuff up? Who is making it up? You know? And this is what I say to clients all the time. It's like, I want to take a break from alcohol because I want to lose 10 pounds. I'm like, but who's, but who, but why? Who said that? Who said you have to lose 10 pounds? It's never the husband. I mean, it's never the husband. It's never like a girlfriend. It's, generally not the doctor either. It's just us. 
Well, I was going to say, and just we, we can't yeah. answer that because it's just so ingrained by how we've absorbed these messages that tell us. And it's the difference too. I think about the difference between the messages we're receiving from the world and the, the messages of truth that come from the word and how when I, I mean, it's only been within the last few years that my faith is at the level that it is. So I was looking at this from, you know, more of a, a, a non-Christian lens. I wanted to look at it through the Christian lens being a Christian, but I didn't fully, I, it was a, it was a big leap for me to believe that my, my body is good regardless of what it looks like. Yes. And, and there was also some shame in the fact that I couldn't believe that I couldn't yeah. admitting that I couldn't fully believe that that was true because, you know, I think about just that turn from the messaging that we've received and asking the questions like, well, you know, who says that that extra 10 pounds, like, so who, like Jess spoke to so beautifully, like, who are you co-signing on this with, you know? Yeah. I was, I was just going to say, I remember her, her saying that she wanted to call the book, Your Body is Good. But when they ran it through all the panels, you know, every, like basically I think, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think she, she said the publisher basically came back and said, nobody, no woman believes that. And she's, you know, they were, they're right. Like who, I didn't believe that. I didn't believe that at all. I still have to check it. I mean, I still am more, it's, it's a, it's an ongoing thing. I have more moments of believing it now than ever, but yeah, same. So I'm moving in that direction, but I do believe that. And that is so sad to me, but it's also where I see it being so similar kind of to how the, you know, the work that we do with, you know, finding freedom from alcohol. It's like, okay, well, if I can't jump all the way to right now, I have this, this belief that my body is a project and that it needs to be fixed. And when I fix it or solve it, then, you know, then everything will be okay. Well, if, if I want to get to, I want to get to the idea that my body is good. Like I know the, I know the truth, but I don't feel that yet. What's that ladder step up I can take in my thinking that allows me to continue bringing it to God and asking and, and, you know, questioning and, and bringing the discomfort that I feel around all of it too. And so it's like, okay, maybe it's starting with, you know, I'm open to seeing if this is really true. Like I know it's true, but I'm open to seeing if it becomes, if I can feel that it's really true at some point, just that opening, just like Jess was saying, you know, when she said, what if is that like turn to, to the, to the, to the possibility of something different? Or what if it's starting with just that neutral, I have a body. What if it's not my body is a project or my body is good. Cause I, I'm not quite there yet. What if it's just, I have a body. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My one, which is kind of like right next to that lives right next to that, that the thought that I find so helpful when I go down the rabbit hole of hating my body, which I mean, I'm, I've done so much work and I, I feel so much better about it, but like those thoughts do creep in. And my, my thought always is it's actually not my body. It's my thoughts about my body. You know, it's not yes. the size of my thighs. It's what I'm thinking about the size of my thighs. And then I'm like, oh, my thighs are fine. <laughs> it's that thought that needs to go. 
<laughs> and oh my gosh, I love that you said that because that's that's what was coming up for me earlier too. It was it, it was it's my thinking that needs to be checked. But even even if we back it up a little further, how do we form the thoughts that we have through our eyes, through our I mean, when I'm looking at my jiggly arm, the thought is formed because I'm looking at what I see is different than what God sees. And so let's check, you know, checking our thoughts and running them through like our thoughts, our own, or whose eyes are we using to even make those, you know, to form those thoughts, those beliefs. I mean, ugh. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good, I think that's a really good Tina to wrap up with of just like, find that, whatever that is, that latter thought, you know, that you need, because I think going from, as you said, from hating your body to loving your body is a whole journey. Even getting to the point of my body is good can feel hard. It felt hard for me. But if you can just be open to that just idea of it is, it starts with the thinking and, 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 and how God thinks about us, you know, and just, yeah, I love that so much. Yeah. Find that like, yeah, I love what you're saying. It's like finding that. So if you're calling out a story, if you know, if you're, if you're like, yeah, okay, that feels really true that my body is not a project. I see that. And my body is good is, you know, that's the 180. That's the, that's the big leap. Well, what, thought can you think that is also true and feels a little bit better because it's when we have that neural toxicity I think about so I mean yeah I think about so many things where I'm like I want to believe this is true but I don't believe it that creates more neural toxicity so where can you find that statement that does feel true and feels a little bit lighter and then you can I'm open to seeing if it's true that was that was something that served me I mean, that served me in a lot of different places, but freedom from alcohol, you know, body, all of that. It's like, I'm open to just seeing if this is true. Okay. That, that shifts how you feel and then allows you, I mean, scientifically, it allows you to bring that upper brain back online so you can actually learn and see if that's, you know, true or not. But yeah, I love that. And the other one, and the other one that's so good and it's right in line with what we're saying is just especially when it comes to the idea that our body is a project, like who would we be without that idea and that thought, you know, and that deadline, like who would we be like, if you didn't think this is like what I end up like turning it around to now anytime. So if you're coming on a discovery call with me and you want to talk about the 10 pounds you want to lose because you want to take a break from alcohol and that's what the goal is. I'm, I'm literally going to say to you, like, is there any good reason to hang on to that thought? Is there any good reason, right? Because it, it, it doesn't. It just brings shame and pain and there's just no good reason. There's just like, there's no, I mean, we, we, I mean, listen, I could talk about this for so long, but just like, there's no real good reason for getting on the scale. It's to make you feel a certain way. And it's normally it's normally looking for some sort of validation or some sort of like, you know, the push to punish you to do something to get to a different size. So who would you be? That's my Tina. Who would you be without these thoughts? Like, is there any good reason to hang on to this? Is there any good reason? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's so true. I haven't, I'm, I'm happy to report. I haven't, I haven't used a scale and 
it's been a couple of years and I used to weigh myself every single day. I mean, when I've gone to the doctor, they weigh and I'm like, what? but like, yeah, every single day, it's like, why are we doing the things that we're doing? What are, are we trying to like, this is something that I've been, uh, this, I mean, I literally have an index card right here. I've been just thinking about it over the last couple of weeks. Am I showing up as someone who has something to prove or am I showing up as someone who has something to offer? And I think about how love that when I was in that 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 place where my body is a project, I was showing up as someone that had something to prove, and therefore this is what I this fit into that. And so, yeah. Oh my gosh, this is a this is a big one. I have I have so much to say. I know so much to say, to it, but I'm so grateful. Thank you again, Jess, for joining us and. Such a great, it's such a great conversation. And I'm just so glad we got to have it together. Same. Bye. Bye, babe. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. You can find all of our episodes at butjesusdrankwine.com. And make sure you follow us over on the gram at Love Life Sober with Christy and Mead at I'm not sober, I'm free. To learn more about what we do, you can visit our websites at meadhollandshirley.com and lovelifesober.com. Take a screenshot of this podcast and share it with a friend or two. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't have to worry about missing a single episode. And if you love what we're doing, please leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. This helps more women who are feeling stuck and alone in the overdrinking cycle to find hope and encouragement. Thanks, ladies. We so appreciate you. We'll see you next week.